Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm Tony of Woodland Iron, and tonight, joined by, as always, Keith of Blackthorn Concepts. What's going on, man? I'd like to start this episode, like all episodes, by thanking our sponsors. I'll take the time to thank Sabretooth. If you go to sabretooth.com, you can save 10% by using our code WH on your entire purchase. Uh, you can go over there and get yourself some uh, some carving burrs or carving discs or buzz-out wheels or whatever you want to carve with. Get carving. And I'll take a moment to thank our sponsor, Maritime Knife Supply, your one-stop shop for makers, your home for abrasives, steel, tools, and more. Um, you save on shipping by going to one one supplier at maritimeknifesupply.com and .ca. And also like to mention he is a sponsor this year of the Great Lakes Knife Show, or Great Lakes Custom Knife Show, Canada's premier knife show. It's on... Uh, where's the place that we can never get right? Goderick. <laughs> Goderick, Ontario, which is uh, on the, as they say, on the picturesque shores of Lake Huron. And that that show is August 19th this year. Coming up? Coming up. Coming up. What have you been up to, man? I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, what, 24 hours? Maybe less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh... For me, it's been kind of just a recovery day, which is sad. <laughs> um, so I had to, I had, I had Google Maps up before we get started here, just to kind of figure out the route. So I'm looking at it here. The total route that's sell, to show me here was 603 miles, and by car should be nine hours and 40 minutes. That's one way. That is one way. That is door to door. So 306 miles for our Canadian friends, I think is... thousand like, kilometers. Like 960, something like that. Just one sec. Should have had this set up before. Yeah. Do, do you Canadians have uh, like an app on your phone just so you can convert <laughs> for Americans all the time? You do. Yeah, or just the calculator. Yeah, Sam, well, it's the calculator, but there's a unit converter in it. If you go on a Samsung phone, there's a little ruler on the uh, calculator, and it brings you into the conversion tool. So 602 miles is 968 kilometers. That is 200 kilometers more than I've ever done ever in in a single day. Um, Needless to say, I, I hope to never do it again. For anyone who didn't or hasn't listened the past couple of weeks, this is Tony's infamous bike trip down to yep. upstate New York. Yeah. So, actually, no. I I will say I would probably do it again. I found that um, as I got riding up through and into Maine, so I was about five hours deep when I got into Maine, and I noticed that I was starting to figure the bike out. And it's sad to say because I've got, what, 6,000 miles on that bike now, so I have about 10,000 kilometers. And, but I ride it so short. I don't ride long duration on it, and it's what I bought it for was for these long trips. And I think I mentioned to you how I was sitting too far. I was sitting back on the seat, and I figured I would need to get the extended reach seat. Then I did some research, and I believe the extended reach seat is meant for six foot two and taller. I am not six foot two. So I've been sitting in the seat wrong and actually putting my legs in a position that they shouldn't be in. 
That's part of what was giving me the issues that I had with my rear end. <laughs> and plus the pants that I was wearing on the first day. So if I'd had those same pants on again, I don't think I would have made it as far. I think I would have probably tapped out probably not much further than Boston. I would have been, but, but it was good. Um, I got home at, uh, 1.30 our time. So 12.30 for you guys. So it was all about, bad. about 11 hours total when it says it should be, you know, like nine, well, it said nine, 900, nine hours, 40 minutes. So it was, uh, it was earned. I guess put it that way. <laughs> I, uh, it was funny though. I was your face shows that you. Yeah, it's like cherry red. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of like, "Ooh, you got some sun." I get the polite people being very polite that I was just, and I can see it in the camera right now. Like it's showing, like my my nose is what's red. Everything else is, you know, looks sun kissed, but not not like my nose. Your face kind of blends into the background. That pink insulation of your basin. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'd do it again. Um, I, I think it was more just me learning the, learning my equipment, which is kind of weird. Like I say, I've got quite a few miles on that bike, but not, like it's not enough in a extended time like that. So, and I, there's a couple of things I might change, but windshield is definitely, I'm going to spend the money. I've talked about that on here a few times. I'd noticed that just a difference of like dipping my head down, like at, Ending up like kind of hunched over underneath the windshield. What a difference as far as like just wind noise and comfort. So I think the windshield's going to happen. I'm still going to use the new helmet that I got, but Good. Um, yeah, it, like I say, it was, had one close call with the deer, like probably one of the closest calls I've had on a motorcycle with a deer. Um, I was about 20 minutes from home. Of course, it's where it all happens. So I was like, oh, uh, I thought I was in a deer, like, so Canada has some deer fenced highways. Okay. I thought I was on a deer fenced highway, but I guess I wasn't. Um, I guess I learned that in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my biggest concern was actually Route 9 going from Bangor to Callis. They call that the airline. And it's, there's all these signs up for moose and deer and like high concentration, high hit areas, all this stuff up. So I'm, lo I'm like the entire time, it's about 11 o'clock at night when I was going through that and head on a swivel type head on. Yeah, definitely head on a swivel, just scanning like, and then taking every corner easy, like shifting down, taking it and, you know, dropping 10 miles an hour to go through the corners and, you know, just making sure I gave myself a good, a good birth if, if I had to deal with some sort of animal. Oh, I did have one scare there with the shadows from someone's headlights because there was a uh, little bump in the road. It, it put this dark spot mm -hmm. in the road, and I was I like, oh. man, just, yeah. I grabbed every lever and every pedal I could <laughs> for just like a, just a split second because... I thought it was a moose because of how they just a big black hole in the, in the pavement. I was like, oh, it's not going to be good. But yeah, getting back to the deer, like I was close to home. I see it. It's in the median. I'm on a four lane. So it's in that grass median. And then it decides to run across. And I saw it in the median and I was already off the gas. And 
I was holding my line because it wasn't doing anything just yet. And then it decided to run across the road. And at that point I, so it's, it's staying, it's staying true to running across. Right. I pull into the passing lane, front brake, rear brake, clutch in, like just clutch in probably wasn't the right move, but at that time of night, I was, that was probably closer to one in the morning. Yeah, it probably was after one actually. So, and then I swerve and I missed it probably by 15 feet Mm -hmm. at at 70 miles an hour. Yeah, that's still, uh. Yeah, it was, it was close. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, I was probably doing this think they're puckering <laughs> moment. That's what that is. Yeah, it was a six, yeah, I was probably doing 60, 70 miles an hour. So a hundred, 120 kilometers an hour, give or take, I guess one. Yeah. Somewhere's in that ballpark. Um, it's 110 kilometer an hour highway. So that's, I'm well within kind of the ranges of where I should be, but yeah, that puckered me up pretty good. And then, uh, just hunkered down and drove the rest of the way home. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it did pucker things up. I was going to say, before we get into why you took this trip, which is probably in the title of this episode, I just want to mention Hatch's kid is doing his, um, fundraiser for cancer research. He's doing a raffle for a knife. Yes. I saw that. Yeah. So go to Hatch made it, uh, on Instagram or whatever and check that out. He's got the links, I think, in his bio. Yeah, I might get this right, but I believe it's blacksmiths fighting cancer. Yeah, blacksmiths fighting cancer. So he's making um, a knife to give away or waffle off, yeah. which is pretty cool. Support a young maker doing good things. Yeah, so here it is. Uh, it is blacksmiths fighting cancer. Um, this year his goal is $2,000, where last year he raised 1000 Yeah. So let's get them to that goal. If you're listening to this and you can't afford to donate, that's fine. But at the bare minimum, go there, find the post, and share it. Uh, yeah. Get some more people out there. And if you can donate, share it as well. I'll be sharing it as I can. Do you, do, on that post, does he say how long it's going to go for? Uh, I didn't see a date. Uh, just one sec. No, I'm not seeing a date right That's uh, We don't need to give all the details. Yeah, he says he's making the his his son is making two knives. One is a prototype that he will keep, and the second is the one that will be given away or donated to the fundraiser. Yeah, each each five dollar increment uh, is considered one entry. So they'll so for every five dollars, you'll have one entry, which I think is a fantastic thing. So yeah, and all proceeds will be donated to the Canadian Cancer Society. Support good people doing good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So the Timber End, we went to the infamous Blackthorn Resort for the Timber End this weekend. Yeah, it was fun. It was interesting to see, well, you can get into the Timber End, but I'll get into when I got there with the, just seeing different, different people, like seeing different groups together because there was a bit of a bike thing going. I, I don't know exactly what, what it was, but I showed up with my bike and there was like 70 bikes out in the in the main field. So was there that many then? Oh yeah. There was, there was quite a few. Um, and then by the time I went back up to get my bike, there was, I don't know, 10 or 15, but, but my bike was rain. My bike was almost up to the bathrooms 
when I parked in that row and that row started on that crushed stone up by the pavilion all the way out, out that oh, way. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I was probably 50 feet away from the bathrooms, but it kind of gives you a bit of scale. If you've ever- You're talking about the bathrooms on the opposing side. Yeah, like yeah. way across, like where Granberg's out, where um, Ronders. Ronders yeah. is always set up every year. Like I was almost to where Ronders would be set up at camp time. In one line of bikes. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good amount of bikes. Yeah, I forget what that event was called, like Steel and Stilettos or something somebody said. But yeah. I went up there at lunch, but that was it. That's when it was getting going. Yeah, well, I think I mentioned to you, it was kind of nice how to see – we. When we get there in the fall, we all think the place is kind of sleepy and there's not a lot going on or whatever. And then you see an event like that and you're like, well, wait a second. <laughs> not a sleepy little place. It's not a sleepy little place. The uh, the pool was hopping. There's a lot of people around. Yeah, I was there um, 4th of July weekend when we went up to the go-kart race. I stopped by to see Austin with Lucas, Dre, and Matt. We had a beer and uh, it was popping then pretty good it's a cool little joint they got going on over there yeah it is but we went up yeah back back, to the timberland yeah so what what did you guys what what's the building to be what's 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 it gonna it's like a pavilion and what i heard was it's gonna go up by Terra hall which for those who don't know is one of the many buildings they have like hotel building at this resort campsite thing uh it's called Terra hall and um, they're going to put it on that, like, grassy knoll there, like, on your way up the hill towards Terre Haute. And okay. it, I think it's going to be, like, a barbecue smoke pit type thing. That's what I had heard, but I never I'd, asked yeah. anyone. I would heard something Please. similar, but, yeah, I, w- I wasn't sure. You you were there much longer than I was, so. Well, but. not that much longer, because I got there. It took me, I, I, I took a half day Friday, and I drove up after work so i I'd left here around noonish and i hit a lot of traffic it took me over five hours to get there which sucked because the whole car issue so i had to take the truck the week before i left the truck lost ac so <laughs> in, it was like 110 degrees outside and i'm sitting in traffic like i don't even have airflow like it wasn't even like it was like 20 mile an hour traffic it was like stop and go stop and go so that's you, you really want to talk about this when I was riding an air-cooled motorcycle? Listen. Down through Maine. That was a choice. Your car still worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, But we didn't even get to the bike part where you met Adam, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, well. So I got there Friday kind of late at 5 and started working. We put in a couple hours, I guess, ahead of time, timber framing, um, I went and I got on Ed's crew. Like it kind of broke up into different crews. Like it was like the bent crews and the rafter crews. And I went on Ed's team, which was like Ed, uh, Jeremy Spies, uh, David Beckwith, um, think Mooney and Rob DeMarco. And then there was the other two there, John McNally. And I never caught the kid's name. Or I never caught the dads. I don't know who's who. Did you meet those? I, I met them. I never got names. So just Yeah, I never got names. I went over, introduced myself, and they said hi and shook my hand. But if they told me their names, it went right past me. And then I felt bad asking later. <laughs> so, But they were cool. But 
it was, I guess, the six or seven of us, eight of us, whatever it was, that we were on the cupola crew. So we built the box that is going to be in the cupola of this structure, this pavilion structure. Yeah. Oh, look cool. And as Ed Ed said the other day, he's like three days to build one box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of man hours in that whole project though, because you got to think we had thirty five. Yeah, well, there's thirty five participants. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't include some of the other people who showed up to say hi and still lent a hand. You know. Yeah, I just crushed cans with hammers. Yeah, that's all you did. <laughs> but like, I, I, I mean, like, um, Austin was there. I'm sure he's not included in the thirty five. No, he was cutting joints and moving. Yeah. He was moving timbers, so um, I don't know if, like, Rob Rojas is included in that 35 or not. I didn't count everybody. I didn't meet everybody. Mm. No, it was a big crowd. It was uh, looked, like, looked like a lot of fun. Like, I, I think after watching it, I think uh, I think it's an event that I could probably, I would probably go to even as, even as a, like, mainly a Smith, but I, I mean, woodworking's not completely out of my wheelhouse i just tend not to go to events yeah i i thought it was cool i i've always come up for a day when you guys are doing the group forge yeah. right i come up i visit i take some photos i leave i'm not a part of that right but i've seen it from the outside and it's cool to watch the camaraderie of everyone like as a like just a person on the outside not getting involved in what you're doing mm-hmm. it was always cool to me at the at the two events i attended to watch you guys come together, make a piece, work together. And it was like this bond was being formed between all you guys. And you're watching it happen as the day unfolds. I'm sure it's more when you're there for the whole weekend, right? I was never really a part of it. I was just on the outsides watching it. At this one, I was a part of it. And it it happens. It's cool. It's like a weird, I don't know, it's a weird bonding experience, I guess. Like you're all coming together to build this thing. The problem with the Timberhand is there's a lot more to it so like you can't assemble it yet so what we did was we just cut all the joinery it's not assembled yet i don't even know did they drill the peg holes i didn't see that no i i heard some i heard a few people talking about that saying that that would be um that would be a camp thing something they would do at camp because they uh, i think the logic behind it was that because of how wet the wood was once it dried out and with all the shrinkage and whatever the, or twisting that could happen with the wood that they would be better off to wait to drill the holes after because if they drilled them now they may have to you know massage them too much to to make it work i got you so for any of those people who are listening who don't know what timber frame or a timber in is it's a it's like a timber framing lesson where you go up and you timber frame a structure so a timber frame structure is kind of what it sounds like think of huge timbers or like logs back in the day you would have like you'd cut down trees and then make lumber out of that tree with like hewn axes and or hewn I guess it's a hewn log right yeah you try and square up what you need to square up and build it from that so for us since it's 2023 all the logs were milled to a dimension of six by six or eight by eight or whatever it was just like wet wood and then you, we were cutting in all the joinery. So Justin Dietrich had created a plan, and each plan was given out to everyone 
this is what we have to do. These are the measurements. Go for it. And then you go and you you would make whatever part you're making, and it all fits together in the end. So did he do, I assume he did a bit of a lesson at the start? Or I was, was there at the start. Oh, right. So I'm kind of curious. I'm curious if he did that. But, but I mean, did. For, the, for the most part, it seemed like they had, like anybody that you would have considered the foreman for each group would, was seemed to be very capable. So I don't think it was too difficult. Yeah. And then you have Justin and Chip running around making sure everything is fine. Yeah, Chip was just creating mayhem, but anyway. Yeah, but that's part of Chip's charm. Charm, okay. <laughs> charm. I hope he listens to this. I'll make sure he's tagged so he does. Okay. The, um, but yeah, it, it it's it's a fun event. And there was a couple of times where Justin brings everyone together. He's like, all right, we're doing good work, you know. Here's what we're going to do. This is why we're doing it, that type of thing. But I don't know what happened at the beginning if there was a lesson. I assume so because I started asking questions and everyone was answering the questions I had. Like, yeah, like the question is and this and that. Yeah, when I when I got there on Saturday, well, I guess it was Saturday afternoon. Uh, it, like everybody was well, like dug in, so everybody had a task and seemed to be nobody seemed to be like aimless. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an impressive amount of work to do in three days. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's like that's a lot of a lot of man hours if you look at it. Three days and three days and thirty 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 five people. Well, maybe of it, it, maybe forty with all your helpers. Well, yeah, maybe. I would say it's probably it's a lot of hand tool work. You know, I mean, we had the chainsaw mortisers and skill saws, but for the most part, most of the time is spent with hand tools licks and chisels and which is probably the most fun of it yeah it looked like it, i mean look like everybody to me everybody had a smile on their face so i'd say they're all having a good time yeah pretty wild i enjoyed it yeah it's, it. it's impressive like they said it was going to be what a 12 by 12 building like it seems like it's going to be bigger than, but i mean it's going to be quite tall too so is that what they said 12 by 12 i believe so i only looked at the plans for the the, the, yeah, for the cool. yeah. So I don't, I never looked at any of the other dimensions, but when they stood the one bent up, it was uh, pretty impressively large. So I think Ed was saying the cupola would be about 19 foot in the air. Oh, really? Because yeah. the, uh, that first uh, arch or frame that they put, that they stood up was probably 12 feet in the air, ballpark, but. Right. And then you got to think. Then you got rafters. Rafters and then the cupola, yeah, and the rafters and on top. Rafters on that, so yeah, it's not going to be a small structure. It's uh, definitely a statement piece for sure. Well, the one by the duck pond is quite tall too. Yeah, so it's yeah. probably going to match that. I think there's a swing in that one now. Did they put the swing they made at Maker Camp in it last year? Isn't that where they? Were? I I don't know. I I I have not spent much time over in that that area, so I can't tell you. I, I know some people are probably like, oh, no, they're talking about Maker Camp yet again. You're all welcome to go to these things. You, you don't need to get a written invitation. They're posted on the website. You could buy a ticket. <laughs> a written invitation. That's a joke. There's about three people out there that are going to get that joke, and they're going to laugh pretty hard. <laughs> but, yeah, 
it was a good time. Yeah, it always is. It was kind of fun to see, like for us with the group forge, like we seem to be, it's a smaller group and it's still a boatload of work, but it's, oh, we always seem to have always been after supper, we go back to work, like, and work till nine or 10, most like on the Friday and the Saturday. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, yeah, it's a smaller group. You can only have so many people working on anvils at once. Like there's some, there's some constraints that way where for you guys, if you have a chisel, you can basically get something done. <laughs> yeah. Like for the cupola, we had a lot of pieces where good guys are working on the same piece, but both ends of the piece. Yeah. Like you know, it's can't. set up on a set of saw horses and one guy's on the left, one guy's on the right. Working. Yeah. The third guy's in the middle as a counterweight. There was a lot. There was a lot of. I need bass on this board. <laughs> Somebody needs to take a break. They sit on the board, set some weight to it. Yeah, I did. I did that a lot. Yeah, I have a a video. Of Uncle Sam sitting on it while somebody was doing something. Oh yes, I saw that. But yeah, it, the chain mortiser is fun to use. I like that thing. Yeah, it worked pretty good. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, as Ed says, you have to make sure that everything's buttoned up and tidied up before you turn that thing on. Yeah, I guess I, I really didn't. I You just said, come over here and use this. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it seemed like it ran pretty good. It felt like you could push it too hard like anything, but it, it seemed to chew through the wood, even though it was as green as it was pretty well. Yeah. It was pretty green. I mean, there was water coming out sometimes as your chisel, and you see the water like bubble out of the fiber. Yeah, the yeah, you could tell like it. There was no like, there's no sawed dust. <laughs> no, no. There's no dust whatsoever. It was just like, like mush almost. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, well, I think I think there's no, uh, there'd be no intent to do that with with dry wood, would there? Or just depending on the timing of how you want to stand it up yeah i don't know if you can put it together wet or if you have to dry it out um i mean that wood's pretty thick you're talking eight inches thick so in two months it's not going to be much drier than i mean it'll be drier but it's not going to be like dry wood so yeah i guess it depends on where he stores it but you don't want to store it where it's gonna be too hot either because then it'll just twist right Mm. so i guess you gotta sticker it maybe i don't know yeah, they had stickered it in the in underneath the tent there where it was, but I think they said the intent was to move it somewhere to let it dry to like for the till the till the fall. Yeah, well, I assume they want that area for use for something. But uh, yeah, I I guess if you can't get green wood, then and you want dry wood, or that's all you can get, then you can timber frame a dry wood. It's just going to be harder. It's harder on your tools. It's harder on um, everything. It's just harder to do, you know. Greenwood is easy to carve with the chisel. Uh, you probably have to do a lot more sharpening if you do it on dry wood. Huh. I never thought of that. Yeah. I'm thinking about making, uh, well, I'm going to build a shed here. I keep talking about it. We'll, we'll see if I actually <laughs> do it. Um, I was talking to Ed. I'm like, oh, this would be fun. But then I'm thinking could be a lot more work. Or it could be less work, depending on how you design it. But, um, you know, I don't have a chainsaw mortiser, so there's a lot of chiseling involved in that. And I don't know where to get green timbers like that where I live. 
so I have to hunt that down. Yeah, you'd have to find a sawmill. I know where there's sawmills, but can they get me that size timber at a, a, a somewhat reasonable price? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you are in Jersey, so. Yeah, but like, I don't know. If I had a sawmill and I'm going to cut up a piece of pine for somebody versus a couple walnut trees, I mean, you pretty much have to go with the walnut trees to make the money, you know? Yeah, I guess the comparison. But if they're doing, if you're doing softwood lumber all the time, and instead of doing, now I could be wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a sawyer, sawmill operator, whatever you want to call it. But I would think cutting an eight by eight, other than the handling of the bigger stock, there's not as many cuts. And then that's that's true. But if you want to find a ten foot piece that you can make an eight by eight out of, then you're just that's a run-of-the-mill sawmill. Yeah, that's a and, that's a good-sized log. And not like, um, uh, what's the, like, obviously if I go to like a commercial place, but I don't know if we have those that run boards like that, you know? I, I have to find one. I think I know where there's one in Jersey, and I may go there. I know I can find just a fly-by-night guy with a sawmill, right? W- which would be fine, but it's going to be, do you know how to find those logs, Right. Yeah, I would. Because I don't. You. Most of the guys I know, you got to bring the log to the guy and he'll cut it up for you. Yeah. I don't have a resource for uh, 20 foot straight pine trees, eight inches at a minimum. What I mean, what would you need to cut off to get an eight inch by eight inch timber? It's going to have to be a substantial tree. I don't have a, I don't have a resource for that. Yeah, you'd have to have, well, you probably want it to be somewhere in the 10 inch area. Yeah. Just just because you never know what you're going to run into with a tree. So, yeah, that'd be a bad one. Well, I'm going to wind out about in Pennsylvania, buying from the Amish. Yeah. That's if I do it that way. And then I was talking to Ed and a couple guys there, and they're like, you could just build a regular shed and then do like a timber frame facade on the front and make it look cool. Like, yeah. Cool. I've, I've seen... I've seen that done here on a few homes where they do like a timber frame uh, porch kind of idea. Yeah. And it looks it looks sharp, and I think for most people that's all they all they really want. I just think it's a fun process. I had a lot of fun doing it, probably because it's new. If I was doing something for myself and had to get it done in a timetable, I'd probably hate myself. I may be talking to myself that. <laughs> I don't know. I was talking to I was talking to Brandon of. Uh, uh, Echo Blade, not Echo Blades. He's gonna be mad. At Echo Mountain, Echo Mountain Blades. Echo Mountain Blades. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he felt like it was something you could do by yourself pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, just like you said, it's a lot of man hours. It's yeah, like I think it happens at a weekend. Oh no, no, no. I think one. Well, depending on skills, skill set, and but I think you could do maybe by yourself do the arch in a weekend. Yeah, that one frame, but yeah, you're working, working twelfth. You're working as much daylight as you got, really. Yeah, that I'm interested. But I also want to do a very simple shed, so I don't know how much work there would be. Yeah, because I mean, like you say, if you're doing like ten by ten or eight by twelve or something. You only really need the two end frames and then just a bit of strapping for for the steel to go on, wouldn't you? Depending on what you're doing for the walls, I guess. Yeah, I would do either corrugated steel or some sort of like T111 or something painted. But 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I got to look into it. I'm going to draw it up and then uh, find out if I can source the stuff and then have like somebody like Justin look at my plans to see if I made some grave mistakes somewhere. Yeah. I think if I was ever to build, well, I don't know. It, it's all pie in the sky right now and I've just seen all that work done by many hands, but I've always liked the idea of that kind of building for like a smith, like a for a smithing shop. But at the same time, I've I've said on here before, uh, there is some thought of staying in the house that we're at right now and building a shop with some uh, soundproofing to uh, allow me to do more work out there without bothering neighbors. So timber frame in the shop and. Your walls will be thick enough for sound. Lots of sound deadening. Yeah. Stuff a full newspaper. <laughs> That's flammable. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time though. It's it it's definitely fun to see the two different type of groups between a group forge and a timber. Yeah. It was definitely more of a celebratory atmosphere in the evenings, we'll put it that way. <laughs> Quite a bit more drinking at the timber. Yes. Yeah. We were warned by Ed, though. Were we? I don't know if I was warned. Oh, I was. Oh, okay. I, uh, yeah, I, it's funny. It was one of those things. I'm usually pretty straight-laced. Well, I don't think I got too out of hand when I was there anyways, but I don't know. I mean, these are all people I know from the internet, so I, like, my guard's always up a little bit. But yeah, this weekend I was like, well, Matt dropping that bucket of what looked like a single beer so it was a bucket with ice and i was like matt, no way matt gets up he's like anyone need a beer tony goes i'll take one matt's like i got you he goes up to yeah. the bar and he comes back with a bucket full of ice and one beer sticking out of the middle <laughs> that was it and it was just it, was, it wasn't like like presented up and high it was like you just see the top of the can in the ice i'm like what is this Almost like he was, I thought it was oh, a joke that you're a yeah. Canadian and you have to have really ice cold beer. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So I pulled the one beer out and looked in and I could see the other ones. I, I pulled them all up and out so people could see them because it's like, if you want one, take it. Like, <laughs> But yeah, no. Yeah. Lots of fun to be had. That's for sure. Such a good time. I met some cool people in this weekend. A lot of people I didn't know ahead of time. Yeah, and it was it was different for me because I didn't have I didn't have the yeah I didn't have the stress of the group forge because I I when we're doing that I'm like I have that concern in my head of like are we going to get it done what do we need to do I don't know why but I just do and then that was like but I also watched it and I was like like if if I thought you guys were behind I probably would have helped but I didn't feel like you guys were behind when I got there on. Saturday, I was like, "Wow, they're 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 kicking it!" Like I did, I'm gonna sit back here and look pretty with my burnt red face and nose. When I got there Friday night, I was looking around, and you know, I kept asking the Cupola crew like, "What was happening over there?" and this and that, and they were explaining to me. And I, so I went, and then I, I I walked through. I'm like, "Oh, we're in pretty good shape." And they're like, "No, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work." I was like, "You think we'll be done?" And there wasn't. We had a pretty hard on Saturday, and then there wasn't much to do on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday seemed like a, a like a pretty... It's like a fit and finish day, you know? 
Yeah, it seemed very tidy, like a tidy up kind of day. I was impressed that they made it that far. They cut all those timbers, finagled all that wood. No real mistakes that we know of. But the other thing is, at the end of the group forge, the project is finished. Yeah, so if we were just making parts and pieces on that day or on that weekend and then put it together at camp, it would be a much different atmosphere because you'd, we'd basically be able to walk away with it just laying on the floor in pieces. And then when we come to camp was when we, you know, get the oxyacetylene out and start wrapping and or welding and putting everything together. Like that's what we had at the end of, of sun or all of Sunday morning was, was while we made, we, we did that striking early before breakfast to get that piece done. And then the rest of the day after breakfast was just, was welding pieces together and wrapping and like a lot of finish work was done. I mean, I, I left at like 12 or one kind of thing on that day. And, and I think I was, I was almost out of Massachusetts by the time I got a, you know, notification of a, like a finished project. So for me to, from, from, uh, East Durham to, you know, the border of New Hampshire is probably four hours. So, I mean, maybe it wasn't that long, but it was, I was into my trip quite a ways before I got anything saying it was complete. Crazy. But if you are coming to maker camp this year in October, Columbus Day weekend, I don't know the dates, but you can be a part of assembling the timber frame project. You don't have to have been at the timber inn to lend a hand in assembling it. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that this year, just go over and maybe help for a few hours or something. Yeah. So there's, uh, I mean, last year was a bridge, so there was a lot more to do, but the, but there's got to be a lot of uh, refinement, you know, as things dry and twist and all that. So there'll be refinement of all the joinery, uh, drilling all the pegs, driving the pegs, lifting it, you know, or raise it. Is it raising a timber frame structure, right? Like raising a barn? Yeah, I think so. So they'll have to raise it up. I don't understand. So our cupola, right, just kind of rests up there with, like, on the rafters. Like, getting that up there is going to be, like, I'm very interested to see the plan on how they're going to raise this up, or we're going to raise it up, however you want to put it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of physical labor involved in that. And, yeah. Many hands make light work. Hmm. Might that might be a uh, a zoom boom thing? Ah, uh, it's gonna have to be. What do you got? I mean, nineteen foot in the air. How else would you do it? It's got to be assembled from the base up, the way the joinery goes. Well, yeah, that's how you build anything. You don't start at the top and build. Your... You don't start a skyscraper a thousand feet up. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I'm excited to see the end result for sure. Yeah, I got, it's got to be like a sense of pride to be like, hey, I built that. Now it lives here, you know? Yeah, I, I get that too. Actually, that was kind of fun for me this weekend is I've yet, I had yet to see in person the finished project of that uh, that bench. Oh, this was your first time seeing it? Yeah, so um, when we got there and you guys broke for lunch, uh, me and Adam went over and just kind of, went through and looked at the project it was uh it's impressive i was it's and it's still like i still get a lot of pride well i get a lot of pride from that project is the latest one but even the uh, the fire pit like i was 
I took a time, I took a minute to go over and look and see where my, where my touch mark was on the, on the, uh, the brass plate. I really, I don't think I looked at it since I made that mark. So I couldn't, I couldn't even remember where, uh, which I thought I was in the top row. I'm actually in the second row of the, of the, uh, names. Hmm. I thought so. Yeah. It was like, wow, it's been so long. It, it it really is kind of cool to have like these staples, like people are building staples to stay there, you know? Yeah. And then it's seeing, like anchors you into the Blackthorn Resort. Well, and then seeing, uh, like that bench was used every minute. It wasn't raining. It was, there was, you know, somebody's, somebody's rear end was plant was in it. So yeah, it was, uh, it was nice to see. I'm, I'm excited to hear what the next, like next year's project will be. Um, I'm assuming it'll be in that same kind of theme, but either way, it's still going to be, it'll still be a fun project, I'm sure. If you've never been to a maker camp event, you really need to go. It's talked about by everyone who goes all the time because it's a special place, special vibe. Yeah, it's it's fun having having that smaller group because it's just such a concentrated group that, you know, you really get to know people. And then a lot of, there's a lot of people that, like, um, well, Noah, Smiling Wolf, he's, he goes to both every year. He goes to, like, he's here, he's at the Blackthorn for all three events at the very minimum. I don't know if he did any of the classes or not, but he did but the... No, he, he didn't go to Silver Smiling. Yeah, he did, well, it, but yeah, to to have people, like, seeing guys like that, all in Patty. Patty was at both. Patty's she's been at both the last two years, so... Dave Bauer always shows up. Yeah, he was there. He was only there for a day this week, but yeah, he normally shows up to everything. But yeah, so you get you get a group. There's a get some cross pollination between the groups, but it's fun. Then there's us, Lucas and Dre. Yeah, I would like I say I think if I can make next year's work better than how this year's worked, I will probably attend and and you know damage somebody's chisels on them, but. It was funny when, just because you said that, uh-huh. when I got there, Ed looks at me, and he, I think it was Rob DeMarco, uh, Jeremy Spies, and Dave Beckwith. He looks at me, and then he looks down. I haven't touched anything yet. And he goes, he looks at me, and he said something like, uh, this is the start of Keith buying timber frame chisels by the end of the week. <laughs> I haven't nice. even touched a tool. I was like, that's not going to happen. The minute he handed me his timber frame chisel, I was like, I think I'm going to buy one of these. Yeah. They're, they're impressive tools. Um, and actually got me thinking, uh, I was watching, just watching everybody work with them. And then a few people mentioned, well, yeah, a few people mentioned like they like to have nicer ones or handmade ones or whatever you want to, however you want to say it. It got me thinking about, uh, New England School Metalwork does a tool making for woodworkers. Yeah. So you can make that they get you making slicks. Draw knives. Yeah, draw knives. There's a few things that they have you make. Um, So actually that is a class that I was thinking about anyways, but it's kind of pushed it forward. And not that I'm going to start making because Lord knows I only get out in the shop a very minimal amount. But uh, I think it would be an interesting class to take, so... Did you see 
I don't know if you did. Uh, Jim, the what's his name on Instagram, the Tradesman's Corner. Is that what it is? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think is it's Tradesman's, Tradesman's Corner? Corner or Tradesman's Channel or something. I know he's he's been at every maker camp that I can remember. I just have never really talked with him. The Tradesman's Channel. Sorry, I got that wrong. I should have looked it up before I said something. But he makes his own timber slicks. And he made one and he gave it away. Like they did a drawing for it. I was really hoping I was going to win it. It was a beautiful piece. Yeah, I've watched his channel a bit. He, uh, when I was on the press kick, uh, he built a 40-ton, H-frame 40-ton, so... He's got a, he's got a fun channel. Uh, I haven't watched it in a while, but I haven't been on the making side of channels in the last little bit. So, yeah, but he makes draw knives and stuff. He was saying he makes all that stuff. So, if you take that class, let me know. Yeah, no, it'd be uh, be interesting. Yeah, is that is that one of the ones that they require like the prerequisite classes that you had to take prior? Uh, I'm just looking at it now. Um, it's called a seasoned beginner and up proficiency in basics skills or proficiency in basics in the basics required all hand forged so yeah yeah so here's a oh, they showed they did some axes so yeah that's that would be quite a project hold fast draw knives slicks chisels yeah there's a couple hatchets there a couple dividers yeah that's that looks like a serious course and I think it's this year would have been uh, it's May eighth to the twelfth, so that'd be what five days. Four days. So, could, so they're probably booking for next year already. Uh, they don't have the twenty. I'm looking at it right now. They don't have the twenty twenty four schedule up. Schedule up, but that should be coming soon. Sounds like it should be a good time though. Yeah, and if you're looking at these courses, they they give you like when I said seasoned beginner. Um, they, they define it for you so that you, ha- you can understand where you're at. Um, seasoned beginners having a few basic classes under your belt from various schools um, or other competent blacksmiths, so not necessarily uh, classes or just maybe working with right. someone. Mm-hmm. In other words, not just a guy in your garage and you say, oh, yeah, I'm doing. Yep. Uh, begin confident. Nah, I can't talk. Beginner Competency, yeah, to to fairly proficient in all basic forging processes, yeah. So that kind of, that gives you an idea, and then the intermediate that's the above plus three years full of uh, part time to full time in a forge, good working knowledge, experience of joinery, tool making. So I'm at the seasoned beginner at best. Well, if you take this course, you could essentially sign up for the timber in next year. And have all your own tools that you made. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they give you, when you're there, they give you the tools to, like, the the information to to really get rolling, so. They're good at what they do. Yeah, they are. Well, you think we thank those patrons, don't we? Yes. Because we have an announcement at the end of that. Oh, okay. So we have Corey of Odyssey CNC, Christy of Twisted Twine, and that of 513 Woodworks. Holstein designed by Chris Powell, Lillian Archer Photography, David Beckwith Makes, NB Woodfinery. Our top tier we have Eastbox Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, Lawrence Maritime Nice Supply.com, Ed Johns of ButtJoints.com, 
Uncle Sam or Adam of Uncle Sam Metalworks, Vincent Ferrari of Digitally Creative, Brian Housework of of Workfort Podcast, Archigino Sorio, Matt of Wooden Mustache, Brad of Brad's Customs, David and Joanna at Widow Works, Chad of Chad's Custom Creations, Brian of Gnome Hammer Forge, David of DW Wood Builds, Matt of First Duke Construction, and Tony of Kodamo Designs. Thank you all. Yeah, thank you all. That's awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. But uh, the Gnome Hammer Waffle Raffle Giveaway Who's and What's It's thing is still going. Uh, this month, there is a winner. Did he send that to you? I watched. It be the first of the month. Yes, I did. He had a live today. He announced it. I did watch the live. I know who won. I'm not asking you to look it up. I could tell you now. Okay, well, go ahead. Uh, uh, Camp Arrow had one. Yeah, Max. Max. Uh, so that's cool. He won the hammer. Um, I think he said he's going to do another hammer this month, so it continues. Tickets are available. If you're a patron of ours, a patron of his, you get bonus entries. Um, yes. And he did talk about the actual projects he was going to do. His plan uh, was that the style of handle that you see on this month's, the, the one that Max just won, that handle style is something he's going to do specifically for his uh, giveaway or, or waffle hammers. So if you to get that style of handle is going to be only for well the way he talked was going to be for only the raffle, Very raffle cool. waffle whatever. So those hammers are sweet. Yeah. yeah, I like I like the look of that. I, I'm curious to see how they feel because they're a bit more like a. I didn't realize that the the eye was set so far to one side, so you get more of like a. Dog head, they call it, right? Yeah, the dog head or dog face. It's one of the two. Um, yeah, when you get, I, I'm kind of curious. I've never swung one, and I, I hear they're actually not a, like you can swing a heavy, possibly swing a heavier hammer with those. Really? Yeah, it's it's different. Well, you see, when uh, uh, Ilya of that works, like he uses that style hammer, and the the fate, like the head on it, is quite long, like. His are, I think, in the four to five pound range. Some of them. So wow, yeah, I think they're, I think they're pretty hefty hammers. Yeah, that's what um, Dave France made for Smitty was a, a doghead style. Yeah, but on hers, it's only one face. The mixing yeah. is part of the detail part. Yeah, so that's that's how the ones that Ilya have are as well. You don't have a striking face on the backside. All your weight is forward. There's nothing, there's no peen on the back. Mm. So it's just meant to be struck on that one face. So Anyway, they're very cool hammers. They're cool to you as a user. They're going to be cool if you're not a blacksmith and you win and it's a wall hanger or just something cool to show your friends. Get in on it. Support those that support us would be awesome. Yes, Absolutely. And anyone else on that list, the patrons we read, or if you join our patron, is there a list of our patrons? Like, what, what, when you go to Patreon, you can't see all the patrons' names, right? No. No, we have that private. I don't know if you can set it public or not. I don't think you can. Because we're a patron of a number of people, and I can't see patrons of other people. So if we, re- if we read out someone's name, go check out their page, give them some support. If they sell stuff, buy stuff, support yeah. our patrons. Support those that support us. It'd be welcome. Yes, 
any parting words until we go to the after show and talk about the after party at the Timber Inn? Well, I, I should I should shout out our our guy uh, Adam of Uncle Sam. <laughs> we should who s who well who I thought was going to escort me to New York, and I ended up being the lead <laughs> the lead bike the whole way in except for a short stint, uh, maybe because I have GPS built into the bike. <laughs> Actually, he had his he's got his phone on a quad lock setup, so he he was in the same boat as me, but. He just let me set the pace and the way we went. But yeah, it was it was beautiful drive in. So normally I would drive in um the ninety all the way across Mass. Um and this time I stopped in uh Auburn Mass, which is just as you you go from the two ninety, I think it is, or yeah, I think it's the two ninety to the to the ninety, just like right in that Worcester Auburn area. Anyways, stayed at Comfort in there. Um, then we used the 20 uh, pretty much the entire way. And so the 20 and the 90, the 90 cuts basically straight through the, the state. And the 20 kind of snakes along the river valley that the 90 is kind of like cutting through the middle of. So you're going in and underneath the 90 a bunch of times. I think we crossed, we must have crossed the 90 like six times. Like over, under, depending on. Um, That's cool. It was a nice drive. Um, beautiful road. Nice smooth road. Nice sweeping corners. Taking the like those big cruisers that we were both driving. Like you could really, you know, ex- exceed speed limits and still have a. It was a spirited ride. Yes, a very spirited ride. So we had some fun. Um, yeah, we were both. Three and a half, four hours, I think, by the time we got there, because we were there at twelve thirty or so, and I think we got on the road maybe about eight thirty. Um, yeah, uh, just wanted to thank him for uh, keeping me company while we were on the road, and uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Well, while we're on the thank you tour, we need to thank the legend, the man himself, David Beckwith. Oh yes, man, the myth, the legend. I told Tony, yeah, just crash in my room when you get to the tour room, but my room had one bed. When I got there, so and we're not in like, cuddling. No, we're not in the cuddling. So I get down, I get down to the Timber Inn on Friday, and you weren't showing up till Saturday. And I was like, "Guys, I think I got a problem." They're like, "Well, I was like, T- I think Tony's going to crash with me, and uh, I only have one bed." Luckily, Dave Beck was like, "I got two. We we'll just swap rooms." And then I was like, "All right, we could do that." He's like, or you could just crash there. I was like, you don't want to move your stuff, do you? He's like, no, not really. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fair. Yeah. So thank you. Yes, that was that was nice of him. Appreciate it. Cheating the system anyway. Don't tell Austin. To keep, I think he knew. I think he knew. Oh man. But yeah. So thank you all. If you uh, want to help us out, you can share the show. Um, share one of our reels or whatever, get the word out, tell all your friends. We'd greatly appreciate it. You give us some new listeners. That would be awesome. You can always leave a five-star review, which is nice. Four stars is not so nice. And as you go down, it's less nice. <laughs> but we would always appreciate that. Any review you want to give. Um, yeah. If you want to find Tony, he's at Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. 
Both of us can be found on Instagram at Working Hands Podcast or on TikTok at Working Hands 3. Uh, check us out there. Give us a follow. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. We will um, see you guys either in the after show, if you do, or uh, next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Later. Later.